Happy Independence Day as we celebrate the birthday of our great nation. All of us have many things today that we should be grateful to God for in our liberty and in our freedom. Obviously, we have the ability tonight to worship, to come before God. And to come before God, we need to remember there are many parts of the world today that if you are caught practicing Christianity, you will die. But today, because of what our forefathers have done for us, we are benefactors. There are challenges that are growing as some people use freedom as a weapon to take advantage of others. One example we can see is in today's gospel, where Jesus is going back to his hometown of Nazareth. And his people there do not want to have anything to do with him. In fact, we heard he was amazed at their lack of faith. As a result, he did not work miracles. Now I'm reminded when I was in seminary on the East Coast, a friend of mine was from Africa. And I remember passing like eight major seminaries going to the East Coast when Bishop Aquila had assigned me there. And I remember asking, why do I have to go all the way to the East Coast as a farm boy from North Dakota? And the idea was to get culturized. And I remember one day I was driving in a car with a seminarian from Africa. And the seminarian says, was talking about how many miracles were working in the village where he had lived. But he had a question, how come here in the West, we don't see those miracles? Maybe is the West a little Nazareth where we are lacking the faith and the trust and the confidence in God? So today, the image I'd like to us to hold for our reflection, I think all of our children here would be able to understand, is the idea of the readings this week is all about a staring contest. Yes, where we have two children who stare at each other. And the first one who blinks loses. Yesterday at supper, our seminarian Andrew, I was talking to him about this, and he said, let's have a staring contest. And obviously, when you have a staring contest, some people cheat. Obviously, you try to blow in each other's face. Or perhaps you have a really, really hard cough. Or perhaps you just jump and you flinch, trying to get them to blink. The reality is, if you ever play the game, it's hard not to blink knowing you're waiting for the other person to blink quickly. Today, Ezekiel is being sent to the Israelites who are exiled from the Holy Land into present-day Iraq. And as they're being exiled, let's listen one more time to what he has to tell us. He said, the Lord spoke to him, and a spirit entered him and set him on his feet. Then he heard the Lord speaking to him, saying, Son of man, I am sending you to the Israelites, rebels who have rebelled against me. But he goes on to say, they revolted against me and my face. They were obstinate of heart. Those are the people I am sending you to.
Now, if that was our job description, I wonder how many people here would say, help me in. But the idea is, let's pause here. Did you hear what God had to say? People are hard-hearted. Imagine that, not in Jamestown, right? People are obstinate. They don't want to hear the truth. Well, turn on the television at 10 o'clock news. But the last one, I think I even have to throw myself in because I am a German-Russian, and German-Russians tend to be stubborn. How many of us are obstinate and hard-hearted and stubborn before our God? In other words, what he's saying, Ezekiel, when you go, they're going to turn away from you. They're not going to want to listen to anything you have to say, and they're not going to receive a word you have to tell them. But God does not back down. God does not blink. He stares at them face to face. Who blinks? The people who don't focus on him. The people who are hard-hearted. The sinners and the rebels who look away. Folks, God doesn't blink. In fact, he's gazing upon us right now as his little child. As he looks down to us from heaven, he knows who wants to be here. He knows how many of us would sooner be wanting to light fireworks during this hour, or maybe gardening, or doing the lawn, or doing something else elsewhere, perhaps fishing or golfing. But we have to look at the reality. The saints in heaven have a staring contest with him 24-7, and they do not take their eyes off of him. That's the same call you and I are called to. Why? Because the saints have a right relationship with God. What happens when we take our eyes off of him? We become hard-hearted. We start to blink until we give him the blind eye and close our eyes and don't look at him at all. But that last line of today's first reading is very powerful. When the Lord says, when they resist and they are rebellious, they shall know a prophet was with them. How many times we try to talk the faith like Ezekiel to our family and our friends, like Jesus today in his hometown? They don't want to listen. They could care less, but they have to know that a prophet was in their midst speaking to them. They may not realize it today, but they may realize it on Judgment Day. And that's our job is to be witnesses for our Lord because of the virtue of our baptism. Because one day all of us will stand before God face to face and we too will know who he has sent to speak with us. Now, when we try to share our faith with our family, Jesus' family didn't want to listen to him. In fact, we heard, who does this guy think he is? And I could imagine others in the community, we've witnessed him for 30 years, who made him God? And today they're asking, where did he get his wisdom from? Is he not a carpenter? Is he not the son of Mary? Why would they say the son of Mary and not the son of Joseph? Because scholars believe Joseph was dead at this moment. And every Jewish boy would have identified with his father. 
They knew he was a carpenter because he worked with Joseph. But still, they identify him with his mother. And that's why we have to be reminded, too, that St. Paul says he had a thorn in the flesh, a thorn in his side. Why? I'm sure he wanted to take a plier and pull that thorn out a few times. But he says today he cannot become elated because he is not God himself. He is reminded by that thorn that he has to rely on the goodness of God. The weaker he is, the more he is aware and reliant upon God, and the stronger God really is. Folks, that's the story of our own life. If we're either full of pride or we're full of humility, it's pretty hard to be both. And Jesus ran into the hard-hearted, into his own town. He worked no miracles because of their lack of faith. And that's why I think it's important, folks, as we come to this altar today, how do we ask the Lord for faith? Are our eyes focused on God, gazing upon him throughout the week? Or does it just happen to be on Sunday? Our eyes are only open when we reconcile and turn back to God. And we live in that right relationship. It is then we are ready to stare at him. And that's why for some folks, confession may be needed. To reconcile, make that relationship right with God. And if it's been a year or several years, I invite you. I invite you to turn back to God. Because when you stare at him face to face in adoration, he will change your heart. He will change your life because he is love himself. And I'd love to help you to reconcile with Jesus. That's the reason I am sent to you as well, to prepare your souls for heaven. The bottom line of today's readings, the Lord reminds St. Paul, he reminds all of us, God's grace is sufficient. What is grace? The life and the love of God poured into our hearts. When we are within his grace, we can stare him in the eyes and we will not blink. Praise be Jesus Christ, now and forever. Amen.